the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Isios. Hey, friend. Welcome back. Man, I'm really inspired by this episode. So I'm sure you guys will be as well. You know, sometimes with, with this show, you know, we get a lot of good stories, but you know, some are more inspirational than others. Some you learn more, some you learn more about other things. This one is super inspirational and it really will make you think about, you know, what you're doubting in your own life and what your capabilities are, because this guy is creating a life for himself, even though it looks like from the outside that he's got a disadvantage. He is turning that disadvantage into something really, really special. He was in a bad accident in football when he was in college. He's in a wheelchair, but man, he is making the most of it. He's now he's public speaking. He's got different foundations. He's really, truly taking his adversity and turning it into greatness. It's really special. And I'm really excited for you guys to learn about this. Eric Legrand is joining us. If you guys haven't seen him, he's been on Ed Milet's show. If you want to pause this and go have a look at Ed Milet on his on YouTube, he's got an awesome video with him. And he's also been around. He's got lots of YouTube videos. You know, I saw him on Ed Milet and I was like, I got to get this guy on the show. Okay, I got to get this guy because this is powerful. This is super, super inspiring stuff. And we hear about these excuses that we make in our lives. And then you see somebody like this making shit happen in, in his situation. It's just like, all right, it puts things into perspective, right? And it's all about perspective. So I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. I know I did, and he's a hell of a guy. So I'm really excited to, for you guys to, to, to dive into this with me. So here we go. Eric Legrand coming up, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Isios. My next guest today is a football hero with an incredible story. In October 2010, as a star player for Rutgers University, he sustained a spinal cord injury at his C3 and C4 vertebrae during a fourth quarter play at MetLife Stadium. While the initial prognosis was grim, he demonstrated his titan strength by shattering all expectations for his recovery and his rehabilitation. This story is going to inspire you guys. He has had, he has had to go on through, he has created massive impact and take what would appear as a very negative and tough situation for most people and created such a positive impact and turn it into one of the most inspirational missions to help impact so many people. And I'm really excited to have him on because he's got so much insight into his story and, you know, how you can really take adversity and run with it and help so many people. So Eric Legrand, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, Lance. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm really excited to get into this because, you know, with our show, you know, we, we don't always, we have adversity in so many different ways in life. You know, they show up in so many different ways. Um, they're not always really amazing, inspirational stories like this. And when I hear one like this, it's just, this is what gets me fired up and what fires everybody else up. So really grateful to have you on. And 
Yeah. How about just take us back a little bit, fill in the gaps. Tell us a bit about your background story and yeah, we'll, then we'll just take it from there. Yeah. So I got hurt on October 16, 2010, making a tackle at MetLife Stadium in the fourth quarter. I was in my junior year at college. We were, we were four, we were four and uh, one or four and two. At, I'm sorry. We were three and two at the time. We, we ended up going on to win that game to make us four and two. And, um, yeah, I was just living my my college life. I was living the dream, man, thinking that one day I could play in the NFL, you know, working my butt off to get there and all the lessons I learned growing up. You know, a lot of people think that my story started on October 16, 2010, but it didn't. I was taught humility at a young age. I was taught commitment at a young age. I was taught sacrifice at a young age. And my love for the game just translated to that. And now after my injury, everything I learned playing the game of football, I now use it in, in my life. And I always try to tell people, the game of life, the best lesson that you can learn is playing the game of football because of all the things that you learn in that game. Yeah. It's you, you sports is just so important just in general that when you look back, you, you realize when you're going through it at the time, you don't realize it as much as what it's doing to you, like what you're learning and all that, all these things, because you, 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 you just think you're playing this game, but you don't realize that there's all these life fundamentals and these life lessons being taught. You know, what was one of the biggest things that you feel that football gave you that now that you can realize you're like, wow, I'm so grateful to have played the sport. Mental toughness, by far mental toughness from the game of football. You know, when I was in college, our coach, coach Graciano, he pushed us each and every day to get the absolute most out of us, to be the best that we can be each and every day. And when, like you said, when you're going through it at the time, you're sitting there like, this man is crazy. Like, what are we doing? You know, we just had a two and a half hour practice. Now we're out here running 22 sprints. Then he got us putting our face in the turf and not being able to breathe in the air, like doing crazy stuff. And you're like, why am I doing this? But it's all building mental toughness. How far can you push yourself? How far can you go without giving up? How much can you, how much pain can you deal with? You know, I always say pain, it really is temporary, but how much can you deal with it at the time? And when you get done, it's just a rewarding feeling that, wow, I made it through this workout. Wow, I made it through this practice. And then you kind of just adjust that to your life. When you go through tough times or when you got to grind, you got to work hard. Mental toughness is where it's at. It's all sorts of, and, and, but your mental toughness saying, I can do this. I can push through it. I'm not going to let this overcome me. What other things did you go through in college that before that? Was there any other injuries or any other real challenges that you went through? Well, actually, it wasn't any injuries. It was sacrifices my, fresh, mm. my freshman year. I got recruited to play one position. I got recruited to play linebacker. But during, right before training camp started, I got moved to defensive tackle, which is on the defensive line, which is where the big boys playing. I was only 100, I mean, uh, 232 pounds at the time. And usually you got guys playing there from 280-plus. I was the little guy down there. And then from there, I got moved to defensive end because a guy got hurt. After that, I got moved to the offensive side to fullback because our fullbacks weren't producing. Back to defensive end and back to uh, nose guard at the end of the year. I remember I said to myself, what am I doing? Do I still love this game? Like, like I'm bouncing all over the place. Like, I thought I was coming here to play one position. I played four other positions that weren't even the position that I came here for. And I said, do I still love this game? And I remember I had a meeting with the coach at the end of the year. And he said, the reason why we bumped you around like that is because we believe you could get the job done at each one of these positions. We trusted you enough to throw you in there at these positions to go out there and handle the business, or handle your business and the team's business on what we needed to do. 
And I said, wow, they didn't realize, you know, that's that was going on in my head. You know, I'm thinking, you know, they're just throwing me all over the place. They have no idea what they want to do with me. But I didn't realize that he trusted me to play those positions to get the job done. So I did learn to sacrifice, a sacrifice for the team. Right. Wow. So, all right. Can you take us back to that game? Maybe tell us about the flow of the game and, you know, what was happening and, and sort of for anybody that doesn't know your story, hasn't seen any of your videos, maybe if you could just kind of let them kind of paint a picture for them, what was happening and, and from there, you know, what was going through your mind before and after. Well, right, in the, right there, right when it happened, we were on kickoff. It was five minutes left in the fourth quarter. We were playing the Army Black Knights at MetLife Stadium here in New Jersey where the Giants and the Jets play. Yeah. And they had just opened the stadium the year before. So, you know, you got that, that energy you're playing in a new stadium and an NFL stadium where you want to be. So, you know, the juices are flowing throughout the entire game, man. Yeah. We had just had the game up 17 to 17 in the fourth quarter. And I'm running down the field saying to myself, I want to make a big play for my team. I want to make this tackle you know, and get down there as quick as possible so they have bad field position and get our defense out there. We'll get a quick three and out and the ball back to our offense. That's my mentality as I'm running down the field. As I, I was facing a double team that game, which means as soon as the ball was kicked off, two guys came to come block me. On that particular kickoff, though, I was able to get right through them. So I had a good 30, 40-yard head start on this guy I'm about to make a tackle on because the guys were behind me now. So I'm, I was running full speed at this guy. As I'm running down the field, I said, do I want to use my head or do I want to use my neck? I mean, my shoulder. And everyone knows who that plays football. If you're going to tackle with your head, you must keep your head up. You see what you hit. But I made the decision. I'm like, this is going to be a big collision. Let me use my shoulder on this play. Oh. And I went, I remember, I went, I said, I'm going to use my shoulder. I'm not even going to put my head in the tackle. If you do ever see my video, you'll see my teammate got down there about a half a second before I did. And he tripped the guy up. When the guy got tripped up, his body twirled in the air. And I'm thinking I'm about to tackle this guy with my shoulder. But the angle t- changed when his body twisted and the crown of my head went, I put my head down thinking it was going to be the tackle, but my crown of my head went into the back of his shoulder blade and instantly. It was a big hit. You heard the crowd go, ooh. And I remember hitting the ground. I went to get up to celebrate with my team. At the time, all I could do was this. Barely shake my head to the left and to the right. And instantly I couldn't breathe. And my teammates knew right away and they called the trainer staff and it was, it was all hell from there. I'm not going to lie. Wow, man, you know, I just, I think about in sports, you know, when you go, you you have that split second, you kind of have like that gut feeling that, oh shit, this is, this might not, this might not be the best, but you do it anyways, because you're, you're playing the sport, right? Like I played hockey, you know, my whole life, Uh you know, we go in and you go into the corner and, you know, you go and you hit, you don't think about it really. You do, you kind of think this may be bad, but it's sometimes the, the bad hits don't turn into the bad injuries. It's the little, it's the weird movements that can really, that can really kind of, you know, I, I've seen it. People fall the wrong way and then they, you know, they're, they break their neck or whatever. It's, it's crazy. But the crazy thing is, is you don't really think about it and, and you just do it. So, and then I, I was fortunate enough to not ever get that kind of injury, but, you know, I've, I saw people that did. And what is your thought this is you know what was your thought when that happened like you go down obviously you're like shit that was a hard hit are you thinking oh this this will be this is temporary this is i'm gonna get up from this or did you immediately start to think i can't move or like what was your thought process right when that happened honestly to be 100 honest with you i thought i was gonna die 
I couldn't move and I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, I never felt anything like this before. And I, and when I mean felt this, I couldn't feel anything. I instantly, par- I, like I was paralyzed right away. I couldn't feel yeah. anything. So I, I'm like, I can't move. I can't breathe. What's going on? My trainers come running out. They ask me, is it your head or your neck? And all I could say at the time, I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm like, can you feel this? Can you feel that? I'm like, I can't breathe. That's all I was worried oh, about breathing because it's not even moving. As you want to be able to take that breath. From there, my coach comes down. And he looks at me. He goes, E, you have to pray. When he says that to me, you know, you have to pray. I'm like, my life is over. I'm like, of course I'm praying. God, let me get a gasp of air, anything, air in my lungs, something. But I'm like, this is it. And at one time, I closed my eyes. And I said, God, take me at ease. This is it. As, as I did that and nothing happened, I opened my eyes back up and I started panicking. But at this time, they put the, they were, uh, the cart had came out and they were putting a board under me. And when they lifted me up on the board to put me onto the cart, somehow I caught a gasp of air for a second. So I said, okay, I'm fine. Well, you know, I'll be all right. You know, I'll, everything's going to be cool. I just knocked the wind out of myself because I've done that before. And exactly, that's exactly what it felt like. So I said, let me give a thumbs up to the crowd as you're getting carted off to let everyone know you're going to be okay. I went to try to move my thumb to give a thumbs up and not to move. And I instantly you know, started to get nervous. And then my mom and my sister came down on the field and I saw my mom and she was hysterical. So I tried to calm her down and her know everything's going to be fine. I just got a full body stinger and I'll be able to breathe soon. And when they put me in the ambulance and put the oxygen mask on me, and I was ignorant to the fact of what an oxygen mask actually does. I'm thinking they put this mask on, I'll be able to take this deep breath. I went to pull in the air to take that, that deep breath, inhale, and nothing happened. And I instantly panicked and I blacked out in the ambulance right there. Wow. Was, were you in, could you feel pain anywhere in your breathing or was it just kind of numb everywhere? Numb everywhere. I couldn't, oh, the man. last thing I could tell you I felt was my heels hitting the ground. My, when I made the hit, my body went stiff as I fell to the ground. It went like stiff. Oh. And, I, and my legs lowered down slowly. And the last feeling I remember was my heels hitting the ground. And after that, nothing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, when I saw that video on Ed Milet that you had, he had you on, and that was just such a powerful story. I watched it and I was just like, man, that could happen to anybody, man. Like that, that's like our worst fear in sports. You know, it's like shit, man. Like you don't think about it at the time, but you, you know, in the back of your mind, when you're playing contact sports, you're like, fuck, this could happen, you know, like, and, and watching that, it's just, it could happen to anybody. And it's uh wow, man. So really, I, I just, I put yourself, myself in that thinking about what you might've been going through. And like I had told you before we got on here, you know, one of my good, one of my best friends, we were, we were 19 years old. This guy was, you know, he was a party animal, awesome, charismatic, great at sports. Like he was, you know, going to play pro. Like he was, he was amazing. Right. And I mean, we were 19, I was living away and he was in a car accident. He went through, hit his head on the seat, went and, and he was quadriplegic from there and and after that it was just so shocking because you try and relive this and you're like well why did that happen you know why and it was just so difficult for us to wrap our heads around it but you know now I get the understanding and it's it's just so inspiring to be able to fight through that because so many people complain about things and 
you know, they realize they have it so well. And you've been able to take such a, such a thing like this that, that would crush most people and you'd be able to roll with it, man. And you've been able to, you know, you know put it in action and really inspire people. So I, I admire you a lot, man, for, 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 that, for the courage and the bravery to share your story because a lot of people won't share their story. Yeah, and I feel like that's what I was put here to do, you know, not just play the game of football, put here to help people go that are going through some type of adversity. They're looking at life and, and complaining at the things that, that are going on. But if I can be that ray of light, you know, I can stick to see my story and be like, wow, I really don't have it that bad. I got to do a podcast with this big fitness guru here in New Jersey named Joe DeFranco. Works with a lot of professional athletes and wrestlers and things of that nature. And um, I remember we were talking about, okay, you have it bad compared to what? You can always say, you got it this bad compared to what? How bad is it really? You know, I, I, this could be going on all my life. I could be losing my house. I could be losing my marriage. I could be losing a job or something. Okay, that's, that's bad, of course. But there's somebody who, who's homeless, you know what I mean, right now. Yeah. There's somebody who can't even find a marriage. There's people that can't have kids. You know, you've got to look at your situations and say, okay, I may be having it bad, but I can handle this. Let me, do, what is the solution? Look for a solution instead of saying, oh, I have it bad. This is the worst. My life sucks. You know, like that. No, you got to look yeah. at it. Wow, I can do this. I still have this. I have these people around me. That's how I look at my situation. I have a beautiful house. I have a beautiful family. I have a, millions of friends that are supporting me, you know, wishing me well. I don't, I, obviously the situation sucks, you know, being paralyzed, but life in general is not bad. Yeah. Not at all. Man, that, that perspective is just so awesome because, I mean, what choice do you have, right? You have to, you're here. You're here. Yep. You're experiencing this, this thing, this life. I mean, you may as well do whatever you can to make the best of the situation. You know, I mean, what else are you going to do? You can sit there and, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, people can just wallow in their problems and then it just create more problems for themselves. Or you can say, all right, it could be worse. I could, I got to make the best of this. And that's what you're doing. And, you know, that's great. Some people don't see it like that. Some people, some people just want to, you know, sit in self pity and, and, and make everything about them, you know, and, it's, that's why I love when I hear stories like this, it makes you even think like, well, why am I complaining? You know? Yeah. yeah. It's very unfortunate. And I see it a lot, especially with spinal cord injuries. I've seen families break up from it. I've seen people pass away from it. I've seen people yeah. not take care of themselves and do what they need to do. You know, because when it comes to spinal cord injury, it's not just somebody that's just sitting down paralyzed. There's a lot of secondary conditions that go out with a spinal cord injury that you have yeah. to take care of and make sure that you're healthy. And a lot of people just give up and they don't do that. And right. it's very unfortunate because they look at their situation and, oh, my life is over because I'm paralyzed now. No, you may not be living the life that you used to live, but you have a different life now. And you may not have the same support system that everyone else has. But if you have that one person that you can lean on, lean on that person. So we get so wrapped up in life that people don't want to ask for help. They feel vulnerable. They feel weak. It's in our most vulnerable times where we can really see how strong we are. I've come to the point in my life now where I'm not ashamed or afraid to ask for help. I'm really not. You know, if I need something, if I'm feeling down about something, I'll do the things that I like to do. If that's calling a friend up and just talking on the phone about nonsense, you know, just to take my mind out of being in that, in that mode where it's, oh, I'm feeling bad for myself. Yeah. Do the things in your life that make you happy and don't be ashamed of being vulnerable about something. We're human. Yeah. We're all human. We're going to have our vulnerabilities and 
That's why I try to tell people, and when people say that they have anxiety attacks and things of that nature, put yourself in situations where that makes things that make you happy. And actually go do it if you need to. Like say, hey, I'm going through a rough time right now. Let's just, let's go out to eat somewhere or let's get my mind yeah. off this. Do it, but those people get so bottled up and like, oh, I'm going through this tough time. No, I don't want to tell somebody this because I'm going to look weak if I do. Wow, man, come on. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up. How important do you think it is to be vulnerable and share your story? Because a lot of people see it as weakness, right? People don't want to share. And did you find it challenging at first when, you know, you, had, you wanted to share kind of how you were feeling about your whole situation? Or did it kind of, did it come naturally? And, you know, how important do you think it is for people, to, for healing even, for themselves to share their story? That's actually a great question. And I'm not like most people, I will say that. And in the beginning, I had a big, my hardest problem was trusting people. Mm. Like I wanted my mom to do everything, you know, I would like, mom, feed me, mom, do this, mom, do that. My yeah. biggest thing was learning to trust other people to help me out. Yeah. I didn't feel that vulnerable when it came to my like, situation of needing the help. Cause I knew I needed it and I wanted to still do things. Like I, I got hurt at 20 years old. I still yeah. wanted to live my life, you know, but being able to trust other people to do the job and having the patience to teach them. Like if they don't know how to do it, you gotta be patient enough to teach them. And I still, sometimes I struggle with that cause I, I want some things done a certain way. Like if you're brushing my teeth and you know, somebody, one of my new aides come in to start brushing my teeth. I want it done a certain way. You know, I don't feel like, <laughs> I don't feel like teaching them, but like that, I, I still go back and forth with that, but being vulnerable about my situation, I've definitely have grown over the years and gotten better at it, but I will say I wasn't really sheltered off in the very beginning. You know, I wasn't like, like standoffish, like, like this is, I can't show signs of weakness. Like I'm paralyzed from the neck down. I need help. I need to put myself out there. So yeah, like I said, I'm different than most people though, because some people, they will, they will go in their little, like a little cave and they'll just stay in their own minds and they don't want to ask for help and they just sit in a room all day and just pout with themselves. Yeah, that's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yes. Because I mean your body you, you got energy in your body, man. And if you're not, it's just gonna eat away at you. You know, you you have to share it. You have to reach out and, and get that help when you need it because it's part of the healing process. Because yeah, there may be parts of you that aren't working, but there's also energy flowing through your body, right? And you have to have mm-hmm. some sort of release, some sort of, you know, connect with things that you want to do and people you want to connect with because that's, that's kind of what you have to work with, right? It's the energy. Yes. And that's what I would say. I kind of set myself up with a life where I, I, I can do that. Like I'm, yeah. very, I'm very busy, so I don't have time to really, you know, sit down and be like, oh, this is terrible. And I'm always either throwing events with my foundation or we just had yeah. my big ninth annual 5k walk to believe yesterday which brings in over one hundred thousand dollars you know and it's trying to set that up you know you're very busy yeah. i'm trying to really build my brand and my motivational speaking figuring out different ways and routes on how to do that we were talking about earlier but off air maybe starting up a podcast in the coaching yeah. class thinking of doing stuff like that like i'm busy but do stuff that keeps you busy yeah and you know people are like well well, how do I do it? Well, you got to start somewhere. Like I had to start somewhere. I know I had a lot of support. I had the Rutgers behind me. I got hurt on national TV. So a lot of people saw my story. I, I know that, believe me. But I, st- I still had to take those efforts in being able to go forward with that and starting a broadcasting career at a time. Yeah. Writing a book, starting a, starting a motivational speaking career. I had to take those steps. I had the people there to help me. And I was going to take full advantage of that. And people yeah. said, well, how do I? 
well, how do I get started? Well, I said, well, have you spoke to your local school? Why don't you, if you want to start, people ask me half the time, how do I start a speaking career? Well, start at the local schools that you've been at, that you went to. You know, talk to, talk to the people there and say, hey, I have a story to tell. That means you start going here and then you start, getting, you start doing that more and you get better at it and better. And then you start, you know, getting somewhere out and get some video and posting. You know, yeah. you got to be your, you got to be your own advocate. You got to hustle, man. Yeah. It's not just going to happen for you. Man, I love that. You know, you could have easily just said, I'm not doing anything and just done nothing. You could have yeah. easily, but you did it. You like that takes even people that can walk and run. Don't do shit, man. Don't do anything. Yes. With, like They just, you know, you have to take the action. You have to believe in yourself. Right. And, and that's just the thing. You, if you don't believe in yourself, who will, you know, it's, Exactly, and that's my that's my motto. Believe that was the first thing that came out when yeah. I got hurt. Believe my initials are in the EL, so people always said believe that, that it's right in it. And like you said, people have to take that action. People are yeah. so scared to step out of their comfort zones because they're scared of failing or they're scared of what other people are going to think about them. And yeah. that's the biggest problem in the world. <laughs> when people start stop worrying about how how many likes that they're going to get on this post or how yeah. or how this person is going to judge them if they fail at this, that's what if they can over get over that. That's when people become successful, man. It's, it's all the stories that you see of successful people. They have failed before, but they yeah. just kept on trying to keep on pushing. Look at the guy from Amazon, man, where he started yeah. off. With, that picture still came up <laughs> yeah. in his office back in 2001 with all these boxes and papers all over the yeah. place. Being like the richest man in the world. It's like, whoa. Look where it's talking about coming up from nothing, but it's the thing. People want everything now, too. It's the gratification. Yeah. People yeah. don't want to look work and grind for 10 plus years for something that they really want. They're like, oh, this isn't working for me six, for six months. Let me try something else. Yeah. If you believe in that cause, man, you got to keep on pushing. That's why I keep on pushing my cause. Like, I haven't, I feel like I haven't broke through yet. I haven't reached my full, you know, my, my full potential all the way up to the pinnacle. And I'm grinding until I get there. And I'm going to have a story to tell about that grind and yeah. about the process. You got to be in love with this process. And I do. I love, I've been told no tons of times, believe me. On certain projects I've pitched, I've been I've been in meetings where, but yeah, this is just not going to work out for us. But when something does hit that I'm working on, oof, it's going to yeah. be a story to tell. Man. <laughs> yeah, and I love that too because that's another thing is, you know, we get attached to our stories. But you know, you had that, but you're growing from that. Now you're becoming a speaker. You have a foundation, which I'm gonna I want to get into all of that. But you're kind of going, and now you're doing other things. And you're becoming something else other than the story. You know what I mean? Like you have that story, but it's all about moving and growing too, right? And not being kind of, so many people get stuck on that one story and they define them for the rest of their lives. And it's like, that's me. I'm in that box. That's it. And they don't allow themselves to evolve into something else. That's when people get comfortable. They yeah. get complacent. And even if they don't like what they're doing, they're, just, they're still comfortable because, you know, that comes easy to them. I yeah. know what I have to do here. So I'm just, even though I'm not, I'm not happy, I'm just going to do it so I can make my way through life and make a living. Nah. Yeah. If, you're not, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, don't be afraid to step out of that comfort zone. That's something I learned at Rutgers. Coach Yale used to always say, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And he read that at the time physically, like as we're going through physical pain. He's like, you got to literally have to be uncomfortable doing it. But it's also a mental thing. You know, as you know, I can do this. I can get through this one last rep. One more rep, one more rep. You know, the same thing you apply that to your life. One more, all right, if I need to do one more meeting, one more email I need to send out, one more video I need to post, one yeah. more thing. I learned that also with Ed Marlette. 
do one more. And once you start adding up those one mores over that certain period of time, it's like, whoa, a lot of more one mores I've done here and it helps you out. Yeah, one piece at a time. So true. So, okay, I want to just, I want to circle back a bit. So back to the injury, okay? So you've, you've realized all that, okay, terrible news at the time. You're, you're feeling shocked. You're, you're, what, okay. So what's going on through your mind, your thought process after, and then how, when did you start to make the transition into like, okay, I'm going to use this as something, excuse me, something to help. I'm going to start. And I don't want to, I'd love to hear how we, how we got into like your foundation, everything like that, your speaking and how that all pieced together from post from your accident. I was like 2000, it was around 2012. Now we're two years into my injury. It was like, what are you going to do? You know, I said, I worked with Rutgers and IMG at the time. And I was like directed to Purdue to start my broadcasting career. I was able to do the spring game of 2011 for Rutgers. And I remember I was like, wow, you know, this isn't as easy as I thought. Like I got to put some work and some effort into this, you know? And then from there, it was like, oh, okay, my story's going on. I'm starting to get recognized more. I'm winning awards. I was able to win Jimmy V for Perseverance Award at the ESPYs. I was the guys win of the year at the Spike TV Awards. I was starting to be recognized. It's like, hmm, I really do have a story to tell. I can be an advocate for my own self by telling my story. That came with a book. That came with a book deal telling my story. You know, things of that nature. I was like, okay, so I'm building, you know, this life for myself, but I'm not changing who I am. This is me being me, my authentic self. And then people always were reaching out to me like, Eric, how can we help you? How can we help you out? which led me to starting a foundation, Team LeGrand of the Christopher and Dan Reed Foundation, so I can be a part of my cause, spinal cord injuries, and help, you know, be in the forefront of finding a cure one day. Yeah. You know, this is my life, so I'm like, you know what, this is how you can help me out by helping the 5.6 million people are dealing with some type of paralysis in this world. And that's what led me to start the foundation. 2012 was a huge year for me. Mm. Yeah, that's... Um... What kind of work does it take to create that? I mean, what, what, what kind of things do you have to do in order to create such a powerful foundation? Well, I, I was approached by the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. And it's right. kind of funny. I tell a funny story all the time that I didn't know who Christopher Reeve was because Christopher Reeve was the original Superman back in the 80s yeah, oh, yeah. on, the t- on TV. I didn't know that. I was born in 1990. I didn't know who he was. Oh, and yeah. he had a spinal cord injury in the 90s and whatnot, and he passed away in the mid-2000s. And... Um, it kind of like was a shadow, like it, like the everything, like with spinal cord injuries, was like a shadow. And I feel like I got hurt for for a reason. Like I was put here to finish his dream, and that's a world with empty wheelchairs. And when it takes them reaching out to me, but it takes, like you said, building building a foundation. You have to start working with people now that want to help out. Okay, you want to help out? Let's do this. And you know, those, when those people start asking those, how can we help out? You go back to them. Okay, you want to help out? I want to do this. I want to do that. It all started with that walk first, though. A lady, Arlene Gonzalez, came to my, uh, when I was in inpatient rehab at Kessler, came to visit me. Never watched a game of football. Did not like football at all. But she saw my, my uh, story on the news, and she has two sons around my age, and she was completely devastated, and she thought about my mom. So she came just, she just tried to visit. She came up to, she goes, I want to do something for you. I'm like, okay, well, I hear that a lot. Like, what do you want to do? She goes, I think I want to start, like, a walk for you. And we have raised close to she's over five hundred thousand dollars in these nine years with just that one event, that walk. That's now, that was her baby. That's now growing. We always say, and it's incredible to see now how, how the community grows. And that's what led me to because I said 
spinal cord injuries, they don't discriminate from anybody. It can happen to anybody at any given time. So I wanted to get the, the community more involved. So I actually started a flag football tournament last, uh, last year. This, we had our second annual one, which is near and dear to me because that's football. But I also stepped out of my comfort zone and I had a Zumba event last year. Let me tell you, there's a lot of women, a lot of females, and they get hyped up for Zumba. And then we did a, a little tricky tray raffle items afterwards. And you would have thought that they won the World Cup. I'm telling you, it was insane how, how happy they were. So just getting the community involved and doing different things. I had a CKO kickboxing event. This year, I'm having a cornhole tournament. Because like I said, I want to get everybody involved in, in, around us because like I said, it can happen to anybody if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. So it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort. But once you get going and people see your mission, they want to hop on board just like anything else. Did you ever have any resistance with people saying, oh, you're, you couldn't do that? Did you ever have haters kind of being like, Oh, uh, it's another cause, another thing. You know, there's always, there's always the naysayers regardless, right? Did you, have, did you ever have some of those kind of people? Absolutely. People yeah. tell me, oh, you can't, I don't know if that's a good event. I don't know how yeah. you're going to raise money for that. Or I don't know if you can sell tickets at this price. People aren't going to come out for that. Or how can you, like, I don't think you should go that route. You should try this. Everyone's going to have their own opinion yeah. on certain things. But now that you, if you have the foundation and the framework and you, get, and you know you have the right people behind it, and you just prove those people wrong and keep on doing it. And they end up, I've had people tell me that, and they've, then they've come to the event, but wow, good for you. Good thing you didn't listen to me. You actually, you know, worked this thing we're ready to make this happen. And as I said, if you, like I said, if you truly believe in the cause and you have the framework and the people behind it, there's really nothing that can, can stop you from that. And just, and just make that effort to actually do, put in the time and the work to do it. And when somebody does tell you something that's negative or you can't do that, don't get discouraged. A lot of people get discouraged and they get they go into a little cocoon and they're like, huh, I can't do this. Like, you know, this person told me no, so that means I can't do it. And it's just like, no, keep pushing yeah. forward and make things happen. Break down those barriers and those walls. Absolutely. Do you do a lot of speaking with like football teams and stuff? Do you, do they so, do you go in and have chats with them? I, I, I love when I get to you know, opportunities. Like a lot of my friends are coaches. So I get to go back and speak, you know, to the football teams, the basketball teams, baseball, whatever it is. I love doing that because that's when I can get real gritty yeah. and, and talk about the grind and the work and what it takes to be successful and stuff like that. But my biggest, my biggest clientele, I would say schools. I get to go to schools and, and a lot to talk to kids and I love molding the future. And like, that's really cool. But I really want to get into corporations more. I've done a lot of speeches for corporations and businesses, but I want to take it to the next level where I'm talking to corporations weekly. People yeah. want to have me in, but you got, you got to be able to put, put out a product where people want you not not want you they need you like i need you to come in here to help my to motivate my team and get them going and push them and want them to be the best they, that they can be so they can grow their business that's what i really want to start getting into and i'm working yeah. my way to do it I'm not there yet but i'm working i'm grinding yeah that's it's that's it right so what do you think as far as okay let's let's do business world versus sports world what did mm -hmm. you what did you learn in sports and what did you learn from the accident and what you've gone through that impacted you in the business world, you know, maybe can you tie those together because some people don't realize how much sports actually teaches you growing up and what it installs in your mind as far as like what it can do for business as well. Oh yeah. The mind, the mindset of always trying to win in sports, you know, you want to be on top. You want to be the champion on top yeah. in business. The same, if you want to grow your business, you got to work harder. You know, you know, yeah. maybe not be running, 
you know, sprints and being in a weight room and stuff like that. But you may be on there doing different Excel documents, you know, you may be yeah. having meetings, reaching out to certain clients of traveling to have that, you know, some, you got to sacrifice a lot. It's a family time sometimes, time to hang out with friends because you're sitting there trying to grow the business. Same thing with sports. You don't get to hang out with your friends a lot. You got to sacrifice a lot of that time. You time with your family. So, you know, sometimes you miss holidays. I'll never forget. I had to leave on Christmas Day. I'm my freshman year to go to a bowl game. I missed Thanksgiving one year because we were out in Louisville because we played the next day. You know, stuff like that. You're like, wow. You know, like, so there's a lot of sacrifice. Same thing with business. There's a lot of times where if you want to have a successful business, you have to sacrifice those times. And once you get to that point now where your business is up and running and is very successful, then you get, then that's when you lean back and say, okay, I need to look at that family time. I need to do this. I need to do that more. You can do it in different areas of your life, but unfortunately in this world, usually if you want to build a business and brand, sometimes you have to sacrifice those, those things that are very important to you to get where you want to be. Was, would you say that's your biggest challenge in business now, or is there anything else that you find challenging that, you know, is it, is it the, the way things are growing and so changing so fast or is it anything like that? Well, yeah, I guess what my biggest struggle, I would say, is finding the right way to go about how to promote myself and mm. get out there and break into that corporate world and make sure I'm coming up with a good, you know, good speeches, a good product for them to help them out. You know, because I've, I've had a show called Mission Possible where I'm the host of a show and I go into to these lives of people with different disabilities and I share their story and I get to get, show them cool experiences. We did an episode with The Rock when his ball was premiered with a guy who had Spina Biffin, and he plays on a Miami Heat wheelchair basketball team. Um, I, we did an event with the New England Patriots and the New Orleans Saints where there was a WMP2 who did the Boston Marathon and also a Boston Marathon survivor who lost her leg. We did a, an episode with them, and they were able to go and speak with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, like <laughs> stuff like that. I, I, and we have a lot of stuff planned for people like that. But you know how many times uh, we did one season, Fox Sports gave us a certain amount of money. We did one season. For that, now they tell we need to find a sponsor to do season two. Do you know how many times people have told me no to something like this? Wow. And I was, to, 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 I'm telling you, we're doing amazing episodes. We're going to do an episode of WWE. And I got people that are ready to hop on and do episodes that, that will be really cool and then be able to highlight other people's story that go through disabilities. And I've been told no and no and no and no and no, but I'm still pushing. Don't worry, because I know, I know. There's something to this. There, it's going to break through one time where somebody says yes. And when we start getting these stories out there, they're going to be like, wow, I should have probably hopped on there. I should have did that. And I, I can't wait for that day because it's also helping other people out as well. Man, you're giving people belief. You know, you're, you're, you're allowing people to believe, but you pushing through like this, just hearing this story, it's like, well, you, you people, well, what's your excuse for not pushing through, right? To anybody. It's like, you have to push through and you have to love the challenges. You got to love the adversity. You got to dance with it. You know, you got to, you got to work with it because it's actually helping you grow. Right. And like these, these challenges, these no's are actually setting you up for the better, the better opportunities. You know, and we don't realize like that sometimes, you know, I truly sure believe that everything happens for a reason in this world. Yeah. This person said, no, this person said, no, okay, that probably wasn't the right fit. But when God puts the right fit into my life, that's when things will really take off and really blow up and really be amazing. And it's all about being resilient. How resilient can you be through those nodes? How just, you know, just not getting discouraged when someone says, you know, okay, 
It may not have fit for them. Okay, that, that, that's fine. Go on to the next one. Keep on knocking doors down. I remember I was working with Peter Berg, who's a big director and a movie producer. And uh, we after he did my documentary, I showed him Mission Impossible. He just kept on telling me. He goes, I don't care who it is. You go in there and you knock down one effing door. If they tell you no, and you pick <laughs> the door back up, you shut it, and then you go back down and you knock another door down. He goes, I don't care who it is. Just keep on going. I'm like, whoa. Have me all fired up with the juices flowing. That's how it's been. We've been told no. But yeah. I know we're going to keep on pushing this because we know we have something with this. And like I said, it's, it's going to want to help a lot of people. A lot of people that be able to share their stories on a bigger platform and meet some really, really cool people as well along the way. Who's been, that's amazing, man. Who's been, um, who's been somebody that you've met that you're just blown away by, by their energy or impacted you the most? Eric Thomas. Eric Thomas oh. is a big, yeah, motivational oh, yeah. speaker. He's awesome, man. He, that's my boy right there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And I said, I made a goal last year. I remember I said, I was going to sign up for one of his classes. I said, you know, I, I, I want to work with Eric Thomas. I want to have that passion. I want to have that drive. Yeah. And I need to be more connected with him. So a year later, I started one of his classes. Now I have his personal number on my cell phone. I can text with him anytime I want. Oh, man. You know, stuff like, like setting goals and going out there and achieving and reaching my big to. One of his uh, one of his talks, and truly incredible to see how he can go up there for two hours and just spit out fire, just an hours, and you know, and now he's and that's what I want to be one day, and being able to have him as a mentor and help guide me along that way, and his team be able to work with them, is truly incredible. He's a big inspiration to me because he's all about execute, execute, execute. No excuses, right? Why you shouldn't be doing this? You're 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 your biggest advocate. You're your biggest. Person that can tell you no. If you put yourself down, then you're not going to do it. But if you build yourself up, anything is possible, man. And he gives me that fire and that drive every day. Yeah, he's great. You know what? I kind of forgot about him for a bit. I'm, I'm going to have to start listening to him again. Oh, yeah. You got to get back on him, man. You know, there's so many people out there to listen to. And, you know, he kind of – it gets a little bit – you got to sort of pick the ones that you – you like and the ones that really light you up you know for me my original one that got me lit the fire in me was tony robbins you know love him or hate him whatever he was like wow this guy is amazing <laughs> like he did he he lit something in me that i hadn't had when i listened to him and i was like wow this is this is this is this is possible eric thomas amazing as well there's something he says somehow his connection that just like almost gives you goosebumps you're just like wow this guy's amazing you know, and if they can lift that energy inside of you, that's possible for you. You know, you can get to that level and then you can do that for other people. It's contagious. Right. And that's it really why it's is. so amazing. It is very contagious in this. And when you, when you surround yourself around people like that yeah. and you're hearing it all the time, it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta live up to those standards. I gotta pick myself yeah. up. I gotta do this. Yeah, man. Uh, this is, this has been great, man. Where, where can everybody find you? Let's, let's, let's get you plugged in foundations, everything. So everybody can really find you and check out your videos and all that. Yeah. So my Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube is all at Eric Legrand 52. And then my Facebook is just Eric Legrand and my website where people book me for speaking engagements or see my videos and things of that nature is ericlegrand52.com. And other than that, yeah, everything. He's pretty much Eric Legrand fifty two, or just Eric Legrand, and you can search for my story. And my foundation is also called Team Legrand, just teamlegrand.org, and you can find all of my information on what I'm doing, different events I'm having, and 
also the money that we're raising and yeah just come be a part of team LeGrand come join this journey because I feel like it's gonna it's where we're gonna get on this train and I'm leading it along where we're gonna keep on just adding trails and trails and trails of people behind that are supporting so it's gonna be a lot of fun I love how you keep it all simple, Eric. You know, some people have like these different websites and different names and it's confusing for people, right? Mm -hmm. It's super easy. Eric Legrand, 52. Amazing. Um, All right. I got one more question. This is the one, I don't have scripted questions ever. This is the one question I ask at the end. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, I, I like to ask everybody. What's the one tip? I know you have lots, but what's the one tip that you can offer the audience to overcome adversity to go on to become successful in whatever it is they're doing. I'm glad you said the word successful. Overcome adversity. There's a definition that we live by at Rutgers I still in each and every day, no matter what situation you're in, the definition of success. And it's the peace of mind you get knowing you did everything you could to be the best you can be. I'll say it one more time. It's the peace of mind you get knowing you did everything you could to be the best you can be. If you know you gave it your all at whatever it is, if it, I tell kids, if it was playing the sports, it was helping your parents on the weekend, doing their homework, now to adults. If it was working on a project, sending out a certain email, working on this. If you know you gave it your all at whatever that, that is at that moment, you should be able to put your head down at night and sleep at ease. So you know what? I left it all out there on the table. There was nothing else that I could give. And that's the biggest thing for overcoming adversity. If you leave it all on the table, no matter what it is, you will overcome it. Love it. Love it. That's gold, man. I really, I really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us. This was, this was awesome. And you're an inspiration, man. And you're, I'm so excited that I'm, I'm really grateful we connected and I'm really excited to see your journey and, you know, just to see what you can create and all the people we can impact. And now that we're connecting in this show, it's just, we're making massive ripples, man. And I just, I, I love it. And it's just, I, I just, yeah, man, I, I can't say enough good things about it and what you're doing. And I really admire you, man. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. I got now some Canadian fans. I hope I picked up some. And uh, I told you I had an old girlfriend from uh, Vancouver. Oh, yeah. I do need to come out there and visit that beautiful city because she used to talk about how truly amazing it is. So hopefully one yeah. day I can catch up with you out there, Lance. Absolutely, man. You want to, you know, talk about putting on an event out here? We could do it, man. I would, I would love to... Uh, That'd be awesome. It'd be great to get your story out here. There's, there's so many things we could do and we can definitely talk about that. So anyways, that would be awesome. Come to the West coast, Vancouver. Yeah. Yes, sir. Taking that, that, all that great air and all that non-polluted air like we have out here. (laughs) All right, everybody check out Eric Legrand. He's awesome doing amazing things and just watch his journey because he's making noise. So Thanks very much, everybody. Have an amazing day. Oh, wow. That was, that was powerful. What a great guy. You guys, make sure you go check out, if you haven't, go check out his videos on YouTube. Um, he's been on lots of shows. He's great. And I'm just so excited to connect with him. And go follow him. Make sure, encourage him. Do what you can to, to help. And, you know, we, the encouragement and the inspiration from this and what he's doing is just, I don't know, it's, it's unexplainable. And I just, I just love it so much. So anyways, guys, I hope you got value. If you did share it with your friends, give us a review and make sure you hit that subscribe button. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And you know what? You get to stay on top of all the episodes. So, and you help this thing grow. It's a win-win for everybody. 
I love you guys. Appreciate you. We will catch you next time. Have an amazing day. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.